This episode of the Going Postal Cast is brought to you by the Naked Bootleg Podcast. Do you love football? Well, of course you do. Why not combine the two? Football and my voice. Listen to the Naked Bootleg Podcast, hosted by Drew Hall and yours truly. Find and subscribe to it on iTunes. And now, on to the Going Postal Cast. Welcome to the Serialized Short Story Podcast, Secrets Out, by Christopher Chapman. Secrets Out is performed by the author. You can pre-order Secrets Out as an ebook that will play on Kindle, Nook, Kobo, and any iDevice you can get your hands on by going to goingposalpublishing.com and clicking on the store link. Listener discretion is advised. There are adult situations, violence, and naughty words your mother wouldn't want you repeating to your neighbor. And now, the story continues. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another episode of the Going Postal Cast. This is Grandpa's Secret, part of Secrets Out. This week is part two of Grandpa's Secret. Last week we had David, who loved his grandfather more than anything else in the world, and his grandfather died, and so he went to clean the house, and there was some strange occurrences going on there. And we'll get to that story in just a minute, but first, well, let's talk a little bit about what has been going on. It has been busy for me. It is December now, and... Those of you who know about me know that my day job is working for the United States Postal Service, and it's been super busy. I have been working a ton, so it has not been as easy as I'd like to get to work on all of my wonderful book projects. I take my laptop to work with me every day, and I work on my break and try to get something accomplished. And then I come home, and after I take care of the kids, work on cleaning the house... I get to do some more work. I haven't been getting that break time work done this past week because I've been behind. It has been a blizzard here, snow everywhere. I've been up to my, well, you know, in snow and work, and I've not gotten as much done as I'd like to, but I am busting my butt, and I'm getting as much accomplished, and that includes this episode, as well as an episode of the Naked Bootleg podcast that I recorded yesterday with Drew, and got that out this morning. Who would have thunk that doing podcasts could be such a difficult job? Put your hand down. You did not know that. Anyway, we're getting closer to Christmas, and we have one more episode of Grandpa Secret that'll be coming out next week. But I really don't have anything else to talk about right now, so we're going to get into the story. Here is Grandpa's Secret, Part 2. David woke up suddenly, but didn't know why he was awake. He looked around the dark room, trying to figure out what was happening. He was in a panic, but didn't know why. His eyes moved across the room looking at every single inch for something that seemed out of place. It was an empty room. There wasn't much to look at. A flicker of light startled him. The accompanying rumble soon thereafter should have scared him more, but it reaffirmed what he was starting to believe. There was a storm coming. 
He hadn't been afraid of storms since he was a little kid, but tonight was different. There was something menacing about the storm, even though he knew it was nothing more than his imagination getting the better of him. His mind recalled the sounds he'd heard and the way the house was starting to make him feel. He heard more, footsteps coming from somewhere nearby. He pulled the covers up to just below his eyes, just as he had when he was a little kid, and searched the room. There was nobody there. The house was just as empty as ever, yet he heard every step as the house creaked underneath somebody walking. A thought occurred to him. He'd been hearing the sounds in the house for a full day now, but he hadn't thought about the possibility that it could be what he'd come to the house for all along. He'd wanted to be closer to his grandfather one last time before the house was torn down. He was beginning to believe that it might have been what was happening to him. He might have been experiencing his grandfather's ghost. Grandpa? David called into the house after he'd worked up enough courage to pull the blanket away from him. The footsteps sped up, getting quieter and further away. They were also getting lower, as in moving below him. That continued until he heard a door shut. The door was in the basement. Neither his father nor he had been in the basement since coming to the house. That was strange, but not as much as it should have been. David knew never to go into the basement. His grandfather had made sure for years that he stayed out of the basement. He'd said it was too dangerous. For some reason, no matter how much he'd wanted to, he'd stayed out of the basement. He wondered if his father was instinctively doing the same thing now. David stood, feeling the cold floor underneath his feet. He searched for his shoes, not finding them where they should have been. They were in the center of the living room, looking as if they had been kicked aside. David couldn't remember having left them there, nor could he remember kicking them. Fear gripped him tightly. Two and two were finally starting to add up to four. He'd wanted the sounds he'd heard to be from his grandfather's ghost. His subconscious had needed that, but that couldn't be further from the truth. There was somebody in the house. There had always been somebody in the house. The only time they could have entered or left was when his father and he went to drop off a load. But they'd locked the door as soon as they were gone. Somebody had been in the house the entire time. He searched for his cell phone. He knew that it had been on the floor, right next to his... The shoes. The phone had been next to his shoes. The phone was nowhere to be seen. He jumped off of the sofa, running to his grandfather's phone. He grabbed the receiver and placed it to his ear. He was about to dial the first number when he noticed that there was no dial tone. The phone company had just shut off the phone the day before. David was scared more than at any point he could remember. He was trembling because he didn't know if the intruder meant him any harm or not. He hoped not. Whoever was in the house had taken the time to move his shoes and take his cell phone, but had also had the chance to hurt him, and hadn't. That gave him a little bit of hope, but he wasn't going to be betting the farm on it. His main goal became increasingly clear. He needed to get out of the house as fast as he could, 
He ran for the door, only slowing when he bent over to grab his shoes. He raced through the kitchen and came to the front door. He twisted the deadbolt, then grabbed hold of the knob, twisting and pulling it. The knob turned, but the door didn't budge. He checked the deadbolt. It should have been unlocked, yet it was acting as if it wasn't. He reached over, flipping on the light switch. He looked around the room quickly. As his eyes adjusted to the light, he could already see that he was all alone in the room. His eyes returned to the door. He looked in between the door and the jam. The deadbolt was still extended all the way in, but the lock had been busted. It wasn't unlocking when he turned it. Somebody was trying to keep him in the house, but hadn't thought well enough ahead. It was obvious that he could still get out of the house by going through one of the windows. It was an old house. Each of the windows were easy to open, even when locked, and could be entered and exited just by knocking out the screen. That was what he was going to do next. He took a step towards the nearest window when he heard the creak of a door opening. He turned to his right and saw that the basement door was opening slowly, and there was light down there. David was angry. He came to the conclusion that this wasn't about somebody trying to hurt him. Somebody was trying to scare him. Whoever was doing this could have killed him at any point. The intruder had been close enough to him while he slept that he could have killed him three or four times over. They wanted to screw with him. They wanted to scare him out of the house. What was that supposed to prove? Was he supposed to run from the house, screaming to the heavens that the house was haunted? That seemed like something he would do to make sure that the house wasn't demolished. That wouldn't stop anybody. They would obviously see it as a ploy and tear down the house anyway. Then again, what if it really was haunted? Would the new owner want to keep the house up just so he could make money off of the haunting? David suddenly believed that he knew who was behind this. It was the guy that had been left the house. He was doing this as a way to make money. Okay, David said into the night. I know what you're up to. You can come out now. I know that this is all a joke. He wasn't surprised when he didn't get a response. He waited a few more seconds for an answer, but knew that he wasn't going to get one. This guy was digging in and trying to get every last ounce out of it. When I get out of here, I'm calling the police, David called out. He walked towards the stairs. He stood at the basement entrance, looking down into the old basement. The stairs were old and falling apart, just as they had been for as long as David could remember. It was one of the reasons his grandfather had always given him to try keeping him out of the basement. Grandpa never let anybody go into the basement. It had been so long since he'd been down there that he couldn't remember what it looked like. That part of his memory was hazy. It was as if he'd tried to forget about it for some reason. He placed his foot onto the top step, trying to make sure that it could support his weight. It did, but it creaked like hell. He went down to the next step, then the next he slipped when one of the boards shifted forward. He reached to his right, placing his hand against the wall. 
It was the only thing that stopped him from slamming face first into the wall in front of him. Regaining his balance, he quickly got to the bottom of the stairs. He studied the walls, seeing that the foundation was built out of rock and concrete. The house was so old that it didn't have a proper foundation, yet it had stood the test of time. It made David even more sad because of the realization that the house still might be torn down in another few days. The basement was almost completely bare. There were no appliances or even a furnace. That had been moved upstairs and placed into a closet when David was still a little boy. There were several metal pipes that ran from the floor to the ceiling. He was aware that those pipes were support beams, helping to keep the floors level upstairs. He looked down, studying the concrete floor. It was uneven and cracked in many places. A layer of dust covered it, but there were many spots where it had been disturbed. Footprints covered the floor. There were shoe prints, but they were old and walked over. The only discernible prints he saw were bare feet. David wondered why the guy from next door would walk around down here in his bare feet, but he saw that the prints were too small. They might have belonged to one of his children, but that seemed strange and unlikely. David no longer wanted to confront the neighbor. Something told him that he had been wrong. He wanted to get out of there as soon as he could. He turned and started back up the stairs. He got to the one that had shifted forward without realizing it. He stepped on it, flipping it backwards. David reached out for the wall once more, but it was too late. He fell backwards, slamming his head against the rock wall. The world spun for what seemed like hours. He tried to get up on multiple occasions, but he found that his body felt as if it weighed hundreds of pounds more than it should have. He stared at the ceiling for the longest time, fighting the urge to fall asleep because his mother had once told him that it was bad to fall asleep after a head injury. Through it all, his mind kept replaying the events of the last 24 hours and the various sounds he'd heard. As he lied there, he heard new sounds coming from a spot that he couldn't see towards the back of the basement, just out of the light. He tried once more to get back to his feet. He grabbed hold of the bottom stair, trying to use it to pull himself up. He managed to get himself into a sitting position, allowing him to stretch his body out a bit. He brought his right hand back, touching the spot that made contact with the wall. He wasn't surprised when he brought the hand back, covered in blood. He took a deep breath, fighting a headache that was coming on like a freight train. He grabbed hold tightly, using all of his remaining strength to work himself back to his feet. He got there, but his balance was screwed up. As soon as he relinquished his hold, he started moving backwards. His back slammed against the wall once more, but he somehow managed to avoid hitting his head. There were two possibilities that he needed to consider, and neither of them were tempting. He could either try to avoid the broken step and work his way upstairs with horrible balance, or he could go to the back of the basement to see who was behind this. He knew that he was safe from whoever was back there. He'd spent a great deal of time on the floor, bleeding all over the concrete, yet nobody had come to harm him. Whoever was back there, 
they seemed harmless. David decided that he wanted to know the answer to whom had been scaring him. Actually, it was more that he didn't trust his lack of balance on the stairs. He started walking, trying to make sure that he was close to something so he could reach out and maintain his balance when he took each step. He kept moving until he was out of the light. The path narrowed and the floor lowered. He was moving deeper into the ground. The entire basement was already below ground, but he moved down another four feet. The basement narrowed, becoming a hallway. Despite the head trauma, David knew that he'd been here before. He was four or five years old when he was down here last. And boy, was his grandfather pissed. Even through his splitting headache, the memories came rushing back in a tidal wave of information. It had happened by accident. He was really young, playing with a baseball on the floor in his grandfather's kitchen. He would roll it against the wall, and it would bounce and come back to him. He rolled it too hard, and it bounced off the wall too fast, bouncing into the air and missing him. The ball ricocheted off the leg of the dining room table and went straight for the basement door. It hadn't been shut all the way. The door was open a crack, just enough for the ball to hit it and create enough space to drop down into the darkness. Grandpa, my ball, David called out. His grandfather was in the living room watching Bonanza, but that wasn't what he was really doing. He was asleep on the recliner, although he would never admit to it if caught. David wanted his ball back in the worst way. He could hear it rolling around somewhere below him. He was going to get his ball back, no matter what. He pushed open the door and stared into the darkness. He saw the string coming down from the ceiling. He stood on his tiptoes, barely able to reach the string. He pulled down, turning on the light and giving some sign of the stairs below. Even back then, the stairs were bad but they were usable. David used the wall on his right to help guide him down the eight steps until he was in the basement. There was no board that shifted underneath his weight this time. The nails were still holding it just fine. He couldn't see anything in the basement. He saw another string nearby. He got onto his tiptoes once more, but he couldn't quite reach it. He looked around for something to stand on, but he didn't see anything. It was just as empty as it was now. The floor was covered with dust, but the only footprints he noticed were from his grandfather's boots. The footprints moved in one direction, towards the back of the basement. He didn't care about that. He wanted to know where his ball was. Using the dust on the ground, he was able to tell where the ball had been. Dust had been disturbed any time the ball had bounced. He followed it for a while, always moving in the general direction that his grandfather's footprints had gone. He found other strings that he could reach. He grabbed each one, turning on the light, making the room seem less scary. There it was. He could see the ball. It had moved down a slope in the floor, rolling until it came to a stop against a wall. David ran to it, nearly falling as he went down the slope. He bent down, grabbing the ball. 
he stood and saw that he was in front of a door. He turned to leave, but heard something ever so faintly coming from inside the door. He jumped, dropping the ball. He bent down, racing for what he dropped. Because of the slope, it rolled back towards him, moving between his legs and back to the door. He quickly grabbed the ball, but slammed his shoulder accidentally against the door. A loud shriek came from within the room, sounding like a dying deer that his father had accidentally hit with his truck the year before. A hand grabbed him by the shoulder. David! His grandfather shouted. The sound within the room stopped instantly. What are you doing down here? This is extremely dangerous. My ball, David said, holding it up so his grandfather could see. That damn ball is going to be the death of me, his grandfather said, taking it from David and placing it into the pocket in his slacks. Did you get a look at those stairs? They're older than I am and could give way at any moment. I don't even come down here. Strangely, Grandpa reached out and slammed his fist against the door twice. What's in there? Nothing, his grandfather said, his voice lowering. Absolutely nothing. I heard... You didn't hear anything, his grandfather said as they started walking towards the steps. This house is very old. It makes all kinds of weird sounds. I've been living here for 30 years, and I still hear a new sound every now and then. David remembered how uncomfortable his grandfather looked, but still had been too young to fully understand what it meant. He saw the way that his grandfather kept looking at the door, his eyes mistrusting and angry, before he led David back upstairs. You have to promise me that you'll never try to go back down there again, his grandfather said when they were upstairs. I don't want to see you fall down the stairs and break your neck. He paused, getting inches from David's face with his own. Promise me. I promise, David said. About 15 years later, David realized that he had broken that promise. He had forgotten about that conversation with his grandfather. It was so long ago, and nothing ever came of it. He loved his grandpa so much that he'd done everything that he'd said. He'd listened and never once tried to go downstairs again. He had listened for so long that he'd forgotten why he wasn't going down there. Now he remembered. The door. His grandfather had tried to tell him that there was nothing behind that door. He'd heard a noise all those years ago and had heard it again. He recalled the strange shrieking that he'd heard before. David grabbed the back of his head once more. By what he found on his hand, he was still bleeding. He walked slowly to the door, his childhood memories playing over and over again in his mind. He was no longer afraid. He was curious. He wanted to know what was behind that door more than anything else in the world. He wanted to know what his grandfather had kept a secret all these years. He wanted to know why his grandfather the man David respected and trusted more than any in the world, would lie to him. He looked at the door. It had an old handle that required being pushed down by a thumb to open. He grabbed hold of the handle, the steel feeling ice cold in his hand. He pressed down on the tongue with his thumb. There was a click as the door opened. The smell was the first thing to hit him. 
His hands immediately went to his face as the stench became overpowering. He wanted to vomit. He wanted to get away from the smell. Neither was going to happen at the moment. He tried to see what was in the room, but there wasn't enough light. The lone bulb behind him gave so little light that he couldn't tell what was creating the scent. He'd smelled horrible things before. He'd been with his grandfather many times while fishing. There had been that horrible scent when a dead fish had been floating nearby, rotting from days out in the sun. That smell had been bad, but it wasn't being trapped in a basement. He took a step forward with his hand over his mouth. He searched for a string, but there wasn't one. He turned around, looking to see if he'd missed a light nearby. There wasn't a light close. Looking at his surroundings, it almost appeared as if this part of the basement was added on after the fact. No electricity was run, and no lights were strung up. It was primitive and powerless. His mind screamed at him, wanting him to go upstairs and find a flashlight. It was also screaming at him that it was in pain. He was ignoring that as well. There had to be a logical explanation to what was happening. He refused to believe that it was a ghost, and he no longer believed that it was the neighbor. Whoever or whatever was in the room had been there many years ago as well if that was even possible. Hello? David stuttered. His fear was quickly returning. He took three steps forward, moving just beyond the door's opening. He froze, unable to go any further. He heard something coming from within the room. He heard breathing. His fear took over and he ran. He moved towards the steps, nearly falling twice because of his balance. He made it to the steps, turning and moving up the first three. He slowed when he looked back towards the room one last time. He could no longer see the room from where he was, but he saw something else that made his heart pound in his chest. He saw somebody slowly walking towards him. The person was old and frail, wearing an old, dirty dress that had definitely seen better days. Gray hair flowed down beyond the face, making it impossible to see anything facial. But there was no mistaking that it was a woman. When he took another look at the dress, there was no mistaking that he'd seen this woman before, in pictures. It was the same dress that his grandmother had worn in the picture he'd seen, the one in which she'd married his grandfather. Grandma? David asked finding that he had taken one step back down the stairs. The woman said nothing. She stood where she was, not coming any further. Her head tilted slightly to the left, then to the right. He heard a sound. It took a second, but he was able to identify what it was. She was sniffing heavily. She was trying to smell him from a distance. David hadn't showered in a couple of days, but he knew that he didn't smell bad enough for her to smell him from where he stood. Grandma, David repeated, positive that she had to be his grandmother. He placed his hand against his chest. My name is David. I think I'm your grandson. The woman turned and ran with surprising speed. 
going back into the room from which she emerged. David moved to follow her, but stopped when the room seemed to tilt. His balance faltered when the room went sideways. He slammed hard against the concrete ground, kicking up dust. He sneezed as he tried to pick himself back up. He grabbed onto one of the support beams, using it to pull himself up until he was able to sit. He sat, thinking about everything he'd just seen. His grandmother was alive. He'd seen her. He could have reached out and touched her if he'd chosen to. Grandma, he called out. He heard noise coming from the room, but she made no effort to respond to him. He took a deep breath and used the pole to get all the way back to his feet. He walked towards the room, stopping when he was directly outside of it. He grabbed hold of the handle, attempting to pull it open. He had it open by a few inches when the door violently shut, pulling him with it. He slammed face first into the door. David released his grip and stepped away quickly. He looked down at his hands, then at the door. She had to have been very strong to have been able to do that. He'd seen how frail she'd looked. It didn't look as if she could close a laundry hamper, let alone a door that he was pulling open. Something wasn't right. Actually, that was a massive understatement. There was a lot that wasn't right about what was happening in this house. His grandmother was alive. She was supposed to be dead. That was what everybody had told him. She had died before he was born. Yet she hadn't. She was alive. No, 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 he thought. This is impossible. He knew how far-fetched all of this was. He knew that she had to be dead. Yet he knew that it was her and she wasn't a ghost. There was no way that a ghost could have pulled the door closed as she had. Then again, ghosts weren't supposed to exist, just like his grandmother. Holy smokes, that is getting good, isn't it? David's got a little bit of a bump on his head, and he's not doing so well. It's stuck in that basement. And what about that woman? Is she the secret? Is she what this story is about? The secret? Grandpa's secret? Well, you're going to have to wait till next week to find out all of the gruesome and wonderful details. Yes, gruesome came first. So that's going to wrap it up for this week. But before I go, I want to, of course, promote myself a little bit. I have to do it. It's part of the job. So, of course, I'm going to talk about the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Publishing, Twitter, twitter.com slash pub. If you're a football fan and want to follow the football one, you can Twitter. The Twitter is at Naked Bootleg NFL. That just changed in the past week, in fact. The email where you can send me your questions, your comments, your cheap shots. If you've got a question for me, I will answer it on the air. Well, that's if it's relevant. If it's some kind of stupid remark or something calling me an idiot, I might not talk about it on the air because that just hurts my feelings. But if you have a legitimate question about the story or something about my writing life, I don't care what it is, I will talk about it. I have in the past, and I will continue to do that. If you want to check out the webpage, it's goingpostalpublishing.com. There is a banner on there, an Amazon banner. And if you're going to be doing your Christmas shopping, just click on the banner, be whisked away to Amazon, and go ahead and do some purchases. And a couple of pennies for every dollar you spend 
is sent to Going Postal Publishing to help out with the cost of bandwidth and other things that I have to throw money at to keep this thing going. As I said last week, I swear it's not going up my nose. That is a dirty, dirty rumor that I don't want to even talk about anymore. No, I'm not going to go there. It's not going up my nose, I swear. Also remember that you can pre-order Secrets Out in both its paperback and ebook formats. And also remember that Incarceration is still available in all those formats that I just talked about, as well as hardcover, and you can find it on Amazon. And those ebooks can be purchased at places like iBooks, Kindle Store, Nook Store, and even Kobo. All right, so I'm all promoted out. I'm getting out of here. I will talk to you all next week when we wrap up Grandpa's Secret, and then we move on to the next story. So until then, take care. Bye-bye then. You've been listening to the Going Postal Cast. For updates about Christopher Chapman, his stories, and future podcast happenings, be sure to go to goingpostalpublishing.com. If you want to follow along on Twitter, twitter.com slash goingpostalpub, or like him at facebook.com slash goingpostalpublishing. This podcast is copyright 2012, Going Postal Publishing.